Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode in the Run Brighter podcast. Friends, this is episode number 62, and I'm excited to say we've got on another awesome guest. We have on Sean, who you may know him as Dad Runs. You know, we connected via TikTok. I know he's on Instagram too, maybe other platforms. We can talk about that a little bit today. But definitely, Sean, have been taking a look at your content for a little bit. I find your content to be really fun. I know you're a dad. I know you've done a, mar- you know, a marathon recently, doing the New York City Marathon. And then also, we spoke before the show, you talked about the fact that you are a big basketball player as well. So I'm just truly thrilled to have you on today, excited to give you an opportunity to share a little bit about your brand and your story. So let me pass it over to you for a quick introduction and we'll start firing out some questions. Well, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm excited to chat and enjoy, have enjoyed starting to listen to the podcast and certainly excited to be on it. Uh, so I, I'm a newer runner uh, in terms of racing. Uh, in, in really the last two years, my, my background with running was cross country in seventh grade uh, and quickly deciding that long distance was not for me at that point in time <laughs> and, uh, and quickly pivoting to more kind of quick twitch basketball, baseball uh, type sports through high school and, uh, and ended up in college just as a student for three years. Um, but being a student manager for the basketball team at Duke university. And then, uh, my senior year actually, uh, asking for the opportunity to walk on and, and being, uh, rewarded with a tryout and eventually a scholarship and, uh, a, a chance to be a part of a team that ended up winning the national championship. So, uh, a really unique path in athletics and college athletics, certainly, but like, like many folks, running was a means to an end or a consequence for, for a failure to meet a standard. And so um, it wasn't often that I just ran for pleasure. Uh, it was usually more just to make sure that I was going to not die at practice, you know? So if it was a week off, I made sure to run. So um, other than prepping for a mile test uh, when I was in the summer of my junior year before going into senior year, um, I just didn't do a lot of running uh, beyond sort of sprints on the court. Then like a lot of folks that do college athletics, uh, you graduate, you're trying to figure out where your fit is. You, you might go for a couple jogs. I moved to LA, got some beautiful runs on the beach in Santa Monica and, uh, and it, you know, in and out of it, but never, never too serious about it. And, uh, my best friend from Duke and I had made an agreement. He lives in New York city that we would run the, run a marathon, uh, before we turned 30 and all of a sudden we were about to turn 30. And so, uh, we, we signed up for the lottery, didn't get in and then agreed we were just going to do the fundraise thing. And so my first go at it was two years ago was the 2022 New York city marathon fundraised with, um, the Jimmy V foundation and went and ran it. My buddy got hurt in training. So I ended up just running it solo and, um, and pulled a double quad cramp on the Queensboro bridge. Oh my God. And, uh, it was the, I think the hottest New York city marathon on record. Oh yeah. Uh, 2022. I was actually running that one to myself. And oh yeah, that was a huge struggle. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can talk, we can get into training and prepping and I had a lot going on that year, but I just wanted to see it through. And so I got on the Queensboro. I never experienced the cramp in training. Um, and literally at the top of the Queensboro on the way down, it started and I called, called my wife, Mel from the bridge. And I just said, everyone's tracking me, our friends and our, what do I do? And she said, 
I mean, you're there. You might as well keep going. Um, she was a college athlete. She played tennis in college and is one of the toughest people I know. So I said, well, there's a med tent at the bottom of the Queensboro. And she said, well, just go in there and see what they can do and then keep it going. And, and so miles 16 through 26 were, you know, some combination of a, a walk, a jog, a hobble, adrenaline through central park to get, you know, a little bit of a quicker hobble. And eventually a finish, but obviously one that I was not uh, as pleased with as, as I was hoping. So um, after that, I thought it would be one and done with marathons and uh, just didn't feel like that was I could leave New York that way. And so signed back up for the next year. Didn't get lottery, fundraised um, right. for, uh, for an organization called Every Mother Counts. And, uh, and went back up and my buddy was healthy and we ran it and, and did it and, and had a much better finish. Uh, so those have been my two. And now I'm kind of figuring out whether to, to sign up for another one. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I mean, first of all, thanks for opening up on the full story. I think that 2022, then New York City Marathon, there's very few people that I know who ran that race and accomplished their goals. It's like the only marathon I've personally ran, and I've done seven so far. The only one I've done where I like walked for multiple miles myself. So, I mean, it just wasn't a day that was meant for success for a lot of people, I think. And it happens, but kudos to you for getting out there another year and putting in another effort. And it sounds like this past year was a bit more successful for you. Um, but I want to take a couple steps back here. I mean, I think the basketball player to marathoner, um, especially like at the collegiate level, like you, that's not something that we often see. I think we see, we see a lot of soccer players rowing is a big one that I've seen a lot of, but basketball is a little bit different. Um, I feel like a lot of basketball players, you know, end up playing in their local, you know, 25 plus league in the area. So what made you want to specifically transition from basketball into running? Like, why was that the next step compared to continuing to kind of play basketball or maybe weightlift like we kind of see a lot of basketball players do? Yeah, I, I think there were there were a few things. I think one the journey into basketball was kind of non-linear. And, and so it, it wasn't, I, you know, I actually didn't even play varsity basketball at my high school, which is a crazy part of the story wow. to end up on a Duke basketball team. But yeah, um, I played varsity baseball and was a captain and, and baseball was my priority. And so yeah. I think because I didn't have a normal route into the basketball world, uh, it, it felt normal to take sort of a odd exit out, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but the thing that really drew me uh, in as I got into my late 20s, especially, was the success I'd had with my health and wellness and sort of the physical nature of sort of forming and transforming into a college basketball player. Because I was a normal college kid that ate cookout late at night and went out and probably had a couple too many beers. And uh, But the success I had around getting healthier and more fit was all around just pursuing this goal relentlessly. And the goal was to make the basketball team. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I felt like I moved through my early twenties, you know, working jobs and the typical, you kind of settle into a rhythm, but I just never felt like I found another goal to pursue. 
And I felt like when I have a big goal, it's a lot easier for me to just make small strides towards sort of wellness goals and fitness goals. And, and so the idea of a marathon being just this huge, if you had told me at 25, I would run a marathon at 29 or 30, I would have been like, no way. And, um, and so it was, it just felt like this almost too big goal, but that I felt like finally I'll have some sort of performance related goal attached to my fitness. I won't just be floating, going to the gym and like doing a workout or hopping on the treadmill for 20 minutes. But it was like, no, there's a goal attached to this. So I think that's what kind of drew me into the world of it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you were always going after something tangible when it came to fitness, right? You wanted the accomplishment of being able to make the team. And like, once you accomplish that, I'm sure like that was an incredible feeling. So few people can do that. And then I think we see this a lot, like whether it's former college athletes or even like at the next level, like Olympians, once they're done competing in their main sport, like they oftentimes can like lose a little bit of purpose and fulfillment in life because yes, you can stay in shape and maybe enjoy the sport that you were doing, but like, what are you specifically accomplishing that is new and unique and tangible? And I think running is something that can definitely do that for so many people. I mean, that's why I love it because you're just always trying to improve. You're going after a medal or you're going after time improvement. So I think that's really cool that you've been able to find that and, you know, might be inspiring for some other basketball players or just people in general. So, yeah, thanks for that that story. You know, I guess something that I'd be curious about, because you just told me the story about the New York City Marathon in 2022, that injury. And then I also saw on your page that you've been going through a little bit of physical therapy as well. So, and I'm sure maybe even as a basketball player too, you dealt with some injuries and baseball. You're, you've been playing a lot of sports. So yeah. I'm sure you've had a lot of setbacks. Um, what are some things that you have been doing to keep yourself, you know, in a healthy state or things that you've been working on to get yourself back into feeling top notch when it comes to your fitness? Yeah, I think there's a couple and by no means do I do these all perfectly or consistently. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think um, stretching is something I struggle to do because I just don't like to do it. And so I think I'm, I'm kind of paying for not being good at that for a long time. And mm-hmm. uh, I know I'm 30, 30 is not old, but 30 is different than 22. And, uh, and so like actually getting on top of stretching has been really important. Uh, during my training cycle for New York City Marathon, the second time I was on a much more uh, focused plan, I was kind of following the wind with the first time and kind of making it up as I went. And this time I did a Hal Higdon and, and had a real plan. And so I didn't do other sports like that whole training cycle. I was like, I don't want to play basketball because I don't want to roll an ankle and not be able to run. So I just became very hyper-focused. Uh, but when I came out of it and started playing basketball again, my body did not respond well mm-hmm. because it, look, it's, it's been straight line running uh, building up endurance and then all of a sudden quick twitch cutting and moving side to side. So I just started feeling aches in some muscles and, and credit to, to my wife, Mel, for kind of saying like, go to a PT. I'd never been a PT in my life. Mm-hmm. I it had never done any real treatment uh, on anything. And so I went and just even, and obviously that's a, certainly there's some, some uh, 
we're lucky to have insurance that makes it reasonable to go to PT. But mm-hmm. um, they even just like assess some quick things. Like I found out my left calf is bigger than my right calf. Like there's something mechanically where they're like, well, let's keep an eye on this. Like, let's make sure your hips form. So um, going to PT or, or going and, and seeking out like a third party to go, okay, can you like, what do you see in the way I move? Um, was super beneficial as well. And then the last one, and this is the one I struggle with the most, uh, part of the story being a dad. Um, and the first marathon, especially I was in grad school while working full time and our second child had just been born. So it was just like this hodgepodge of, of busyness, but sleep. I, and I still am terrible at sleep, but, uh, it's crazy how much sleep impacts a run and the quality of a run or the quality of a workout. Um, and that's still, it's, it's one that I don't meet my, my body's need. I feel quite sure, but trying to. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, something that you said that I can definitely relate to. I mean, listen, I'm not any collegiate basketball player. never, never was going to be, but I do enjoy playing some rec basketball here and there myself. And something that I have found is that when I am in a big training build, really putting on a ton of miles, and then I go to the court and I play ball for two hours, and then I go ahead and then go back to my run, or even just like that next night, I feel like incredibly sore and just Mm -hmm. not, like I can't put the times, I can't put my speed workouts in the way I want. My long runs don't feel comfortable. Is there anything you learned from PT that has helped that balance of, I don't know if you still play like any basketball while you run, but I'd be really curious about that because that's something I always get so concerned about when training for a big race is going and just playing basketball, you know, once a month even. Yeah. So I, I haven't entered a training block since playing again. Okay. Uh, and playing now weekly, so getting kind of back into a rhythm of getting at least a weekly full court game. So, you know, you feel that for sure in the body. Um, a thing that they've definitely helped me with, and obviously everyone has their own sort of strengths and weaknesses within their own sort of mechanics and body, but is actually not just like stretching and, and muscle recovery, like massaging or whatever, but actual strength building and strength building around sort of non non-main muscles. So where I was having some issues was what I, I couldn't pinpoint. It was like my hip, my glute. I couldn't tell what it was. And they ended up kind of thinking like there's something, I guess, called your deep gluteal region where they're like, there's these five rotators or something is how they explained it to me. But yeah, a lot of the work has been around actually strengthening core and Mm -hmm. strengthening glutes and strengthening hips. So it's not just stretching, but also doing exercises to build up the muscles around there. Um, cause when I lift, uh, I mean, I'm a basic lifter, like curl, squat, bench press, like these, these sort of major movements. And there's so many little movements that you could build hip strength and, and core strength. And so I would be really curious to see whenever the next big build comes, how focusing on some of those smaller muscle movement strength building could impact a training block and sort of feeling good through a training block. Now, something I'd be curious 
due to the fact that you've only been running now and doing marathons for the last few years, you're still pretty new into it. What would you say as a new runner, when you first got started and started building up your training, what would you say is like the number one thing that you wish you would have known and that you would have maybe done differently at that point? That's a great question. I th- This may be a, a little bit out there one. No worries. I wish that I knew what I knew the first time I ran like 15 miles, which mm. was that I can. Yeah. Like when I, I was so intimidated by each new tier of run mm-hmm. and just didn't appreciate like there is, there's a build like you, you don't just drop in and run 15, <laughs> you know, you, you do your threes and you do your fives and, and you stretch out your, your ability. And I think that might scare some people who might be interested in doing a big run, even if it's a half or a whole or whatever it is, it, it can be shorter than a half, but that you think of those big numbers and it's hard to go, man, I can't, uh, there's no way I could run 13 miles. And then the first time you do a training run and you do the 13 miles and you're so like the pride you feel in that moment is so, and even the second time through, like I remember doing a 20 miler the first time through and thinking, I can't believe I did that. And then being intimidated all over again the next year when I built back up to it and just realizing like you can, and you just follow the steps and um, I just wish I had known that I can, because I, I think that it's intimidating at the start. And I think I could have enjoyed the experience more if I had just trusted that the work I was doing was actually going to get me where I needed to be. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you're so much more capable of doing the things that you're seeking out to do than you realize. I mean, something that I heard recently was that we think we're capable of doing in reality, like 80% of what we're actually capable of doing. So just like having that mindset of like, Hey, you know what? Like even when I'm exhausted, even when I'm struggling to breathe can barely move, like I probably still got 20% more in the tank. And you showed that when you went into the medical tent and then still hobbled your way through 10 miles, probably gave more than 20% when you have my <laughs> less than 5% in you at that point. So that was gnarly. That was, (laughs) that was, there were, but I'll tell you what, you haven't experienced that particular marathon. There were people in a lot worse shape than me in those med tents. So it was a real perspective where it was like, I, I stopped at 16, got salt and a quick massage, ran to 17, went in the med tent at 17, both quads cramped and tried to stretch my quad. And then my hamstring cramped. Oh my God. And eventually she was massaging, uh, you know, one of the volunteers who, I mean, make the whole race happen. were giving me a trigger point massage on my quads. And she said, I just want you to know you're going to bruise. Please don't be mad at me. <laughs> and, uh, and then eventually she was kind of like, you said you're going to keep going. Right. And I was like, yeah, that's the plan. And she was like, there's really nothing else I can do. So you might as well go. <laughs> and, uh, and so just trying to gut it and actually, crazy story and how it's just cool how social media and run talk has sort of created this community. I posted a video after that marathon talking about um, that PT and just saying like, I don't know her name, but she gave me this trigger point massage and I am in fact bruised, but I'm so grateful because that's, you know, probably the only reason I could finish. Mm -hmm. And 
it came under her feet. And she actually commented and was like, I'm the PT. I'm so sorry, but like, I'm so glad you finished. And it was like, just, oh my God. I don't know. That's what's been really rewarding about the whole social media part of the running community is like, you just meet some cool people and make weird connection points like that. Yeah. I mean, we have access to finding and communicating with people at a higher level than ever. So I think that's like the really cool part about it. And that, that's such a cool story. I mean, what are the odds of that? <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, clearly the algorithm gods, you know, are pointing things <laughs> in the right direction. <laughs> Very cool. Um, I'm curious too, you know, when it comes to when it came to your training, right? As a former basketball player, it's not like you've been doing this your whole life. You ran a little bit cross country when you were younger too. It sounded like, yeah. Where did you go to understand, you know, what your training should be towards a marathon? Because I think a lot of people don't really know where to start. Yeah, I was one of them, and and I had a terrible plan the first time. Um, <laughs> it's funny to go back now. I eventually, you know, became a Garmin wearer. Like I feel like the evolution of a runner. Like you eventually get a real running watch if you're really into it. We're sharing that uh, brotherhood right there. Yeah, you know, and um, and so I looked back at my training from the first marathon. And I was like, what was I doing? <laughs> like the second one was so much better. <laughs> uh, I I googled. That's crazy. But I was just like, what do I, you know, what do I do? And life was so crazy at that time. So my, the grad program I was in was not in the state I live in. So I had to fly up once a month for a weekend session. So I would be trying to get that done, working my job. We had, we literally had our second child, like my wife works a very stressful full-time job. It was like, just fit it in where you can. And like, Basically, like it might be something like a three, a five, and then a seven in a week. And then the next week, try to do like a three, a five, and an eight. So, like, there was an attempt at a build. Uh, but then, like, I didn't know how to taper right. So, I cut way too much early. So, like, my 20 miler was too soon. So, then I had like this big long window where I didn't really put up big miles. And uh, so, the first time it was really like, poorly planned. So that was when the second time I was like, all right, well, it was hot. I didn't, I also didn't, the first marathon, the first New York city marathon was the first time I ever ran a race. First time I ever put a bib on. Oh my God. Um, I had signed up for a local one. My father-in-law is a runner and he was like, you just have to run a race so you can feel the nerves. And it got, it got rained out. And so, um, <laughs> it just was a mess. I just was so unprepared. So I didn't even think like, oh, you should have a different hydration plan if it's hot. So I just like, was like, I'm going to stick with my plan. Had a great first 10 miles and just blew up. So first time was just a mess. No real plan. Second time, excuse me. I had heard about Hal Higdon. I'd heard about, um, sort of the free plans that, uh, all oh, my, my pups are coming, coming yep. through the office. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um so I'd heard about Hal Higdon, uh, found one of his plans. It's funny. I was like between two because it was like intermediate one or two. One had more speed work. One uh, didn't. And and just trying to fit in the life of being a dad and working and, and all the things. I picked the lighter one. So I actually didn't do a ton of speed work. But there was a conscious build. And basically, I printed the schedule out, put it on our fridge 
you know, part of being a partner is figuring out when to fit these runs in. It's a, it's, it's kind of brutal. Some of these long runs to be gone for, you know, two, three hours on a Saturday morning and basically tried to be pretty maniacal about following the plan, but also not like losing it. If one day didn't work the way I wanted, or I had to move a run one day, like I tried to have some wiggle just because, you know, there's other humans in my life that I have to account for, but yeah, uh, the Higdon plan was super helpful in year two, mm-hmm. just feeling more prepared. Yeah. So I guess touching on that topic, right. You have, you said two kids, right? Yeah. yeah. How old were they? Both under five. Both under five. Okay. Yeah. And you work full time as well? Work full time. Okay. So, yeah. you know, a lot of people that, cause I, I actually coach some runners as well myself. And, you know, a lot of what I see being a struggle for some of the runners that I work with is that from a time management standpoint, fitting in the runs in a given week is their biggest challenge. It's not necessarily like the motivation to get out there or like being overtrained, maybe. It's really just, hey, I don't have like the time to put in this amount of weekly mileage or run this many days a week. So I guess from your end, you know, you obviously have a very busy life, busier than probably some of the people that I even work with. What are some of the strategies that you put in place to make sure that you're still getting your runs in, but also being fair in the other buckets of your life that are really important where you need to spend your time too? Yeah, there's a couple. Um, I think the first, in my case, being married is like a ton of communication. Mm -hmm. Because when you enter a training block, like inherently, it's not fair. Yeah. Because to to be safe and to run, I mean, you do need to run a certain amount to safely take on a marathon, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess there's some people that just go for it. But (laughs) I think for your health's sake, it's important that you do the training. Yep. And so I think early communication about like, hey, this is a window of time in our life where I'm chasing a goal and we, we acknowledge that there could be some times where that's going to like create strain. And I need to make sure that, you know, if I'm taking a little more here, then I'm willing to give more somewhere else. Uh, And so I think that's like one, a super important. The second thing I think is to make every effort to put the runs where they do not impact the other people. And so, and in my case, the kids and, and Mel. And so a lot for me, and I've, I've actually posted videos about this because this is a huge privilege, but a lot of runs for me were at night. And that's a whole, that's a big topic, right? I mean, that's a, there's certainly some male privilege in that, feeling safe to go out for a run at night. There's where I live is a place that is relatively safe to run at night. Um, so, you know, I'd put on the lights and you know, go, it would be very normal for me to go hit a run at eight 30 and be out for seven, eight miles. And, uh, and so that's not obviously the best plan for everybody, but there was a lot of that early morning runs. You know, if you know, you're going to do a 20 miler on a Saturday, putting as much of that 20 miler while the kids were still asleep. So instead of being, you know, gone for four hours of their day, trying to maybe make it two, like get out the door at six, whatever it is. So you're not, you know, asking it's taxing to be alone on the weekend with the, with the kiddos. And so I think doing that. And then the third thing, and, and 
it's funny. There was a TikTok that just went viral about this. So Mel and I were talking about it is if you are taking this on and you're entering into, you know, this, this challenge, especially if you've got kids and responsibilities, you don't get to do the runs and then show back up to your world and be like, wah, 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 I'm tired. <laughs> like if you're opting into this, it doesn't excuse you from your responsibilities to show up in the other places in your life. And so if you're in a, in a good partnership, hopefully they might recognize that hey, you ran 20 miles today. You might be a little tired, um, but you don't get to then be like, I'm checking out from the rest of the day. Uh, I think that's another really easy thing to fall into and, and talking through that early is really important too. Yeah. So I guess on that last topic, after doing a 20 mile run, when you are feeling that wah, 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 I'm tired because I feel that way. I mean, after a 20 mile run, I'll be honest. I mean, I don't have any kids yet, but like the first thing I want to do is stretch, then eat some food, lay down on the couch, put on the TV and kind of let the day get away. <laughs> so I'm a little privileged in the sense that I don't have those levels of responsibility that you might, but how were you able to give that energy to your family after a 20 mile run? A couple things and, and fully acknowledging that you show up the best you can. Yeah. Nice <laughs> there was no action here. <laughs> There's no, you know, on a day like that, you're not chasing around the house playing, you know, monster or whatever the game is, right? You're going to schedule the activities of the day to be a little lighter. Uh, so my my thing was I would uh, get some ice bags from the gas station and get a quick, you know, cold tub after those long runs, try to at least start a little recovery. Uh, shower, like that post-long run shower is so, so sweet. Uh and then always I would order food. Like that was my treat. Like that was the thing I'd Uber eats. It's cause I didn't want to go back out. I was, you know, I was in the house with, with the, with the family, but I'd order like a huge spread. <laughs> nice. Uh, that was like my reward for the, for the, for the big run. Uh, and, uh, and then I think you also try to just set up, you know, the day it's a great day for, you know, a little Disney plus, Mm. Or, some, or some lower key activities. Yeah. Um, and then there's at least, you know, 10% of it's like, all right, you know, this is what you signed up for. Got to get, you know, just suck it up, man, because they deserve your best. They they didn't choose for you to sign up to go run a marathon. They didn't ask for you to go do this. So uh, they certainly shouldn't suffer any, any consequences because of it. Nice. Yeah. I really like that. I think, you're trying to find areas where you can save some time. Also like take care of yourself for a little bit first and then accommodate in a way that is a little bit more relaxing. So you're not overdoing it, but still kind of pushing it, th pushing through to really be the best version of yourself to be the best dad you can. So I'm sure your family does appreciate that even when you're going through a, a training build. And I think that's really helpful advice for someone who might, struggle with that balance or maybe the reason they're not signing up for a race is because they're concerned that they won't be able to be the best version of themselves in that area. But clearly like there are ways to do it. And I, I really think that that's helpful advice there. Now I'd be curious, moving to a little bit of a different topic here, you obviously have been broadcasting your journey and 
creating some really cool content that, I, like I said, I've enjoyed a lot. What motivated you to get into this run talk space and start sharing some videos uh, with a community here about running? Yeah, it's it's so funny. So Mel is was on TikTok long before me. Okay. She's sweating at nap time. She she's actually got a pretty significant following on there and and does sort of working working uh, parent content while wanting to be fit. And so it's sweating at nap time for that reason. And so she was on there and I was like, I was the classic, like this TikTok, this is the new thing, you know, like writing it off. Like this is silly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just, I sort of was watching her engage with it and have fun with it. And, uh, and when we got into the marathon, she was like, you, I'm telling you, you ought to just like journal this and and share this. Like, it would be really cool to document. And, um, and people might find it interesting. And so I just kind of started and it was still like the first ones were probably pretty bad relative. I mean, I'm not a huge production person, so it's, I don't put a ton of time in, into the editing, but um, just started kind of building it and then learning more about like following other runners. Like that became a really cool part of it too. It was not just sort of documenting my own journey, but watching other people like, um, gosh, I think Atlanta marathons this weekend and Trav dad runny or Trav daddy run. I can't remember what the handle is, but he just went viral for this post about doing his long run and like really emotional sharing about his parents sort of lack of support in the whole thing. And now I'm like, I can't wait to see how his first marathon, like (laughs) who would have thought I would care about someone I've never met, like running their first marathon. But now I'm like so invested in in hearing how it goes and, and watching and keeping track. So it, it was like a two-way uh, benefit in that way. It was cool to document. And now I get the like, a year ago today, you posted. So like when I was in New York the second time, I was getting the the year before. So it's just been, it's been neat to sort of engage in, in a community and, and start to root for other people and, um, and, and get tips and tricks along the way. But yeah, document the journey. So I, Mel gets full credit for kind of talking me into it. And now... Uh, like, uh, uh, Herm runs is another one. Like I was a huge fan of his, like right when, like early on, I just like, he's making such approachable, cool content and like he's blown up and like nobody deserves it more. And he's like, we, we hosted a little run in New York. We were like, we have an email from a year ago. We were like, wouldn't it be cool if we could host a group run and maybe 10 people could come. And there were like 200 people there. Uh, and we did a run in Central Park the the day two days before. I think we did that. Maybe that was the day before. I don't remember which night it was, but we did a shakeout with like a ton of people came. And so there's just been a neat community aspect to it. Like, why are we having this conversation? Like, how cool is it that we both have this shared interest and in, and in something to share uh, a passion about? So I, yeah, it's been way more rewarding than I would have thought it was that first video I posted. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's so many people who can be negative about social media and also like watch the wrong types of content for them that might be negative and make them feel hard on themselves or hard on the world. But I think like something you and I share that I try to encourage people is like, you can create your own algorithm, like Mm -hmm. watch the videos for a long time that are the ones that are really positive to your lifestyle. If you want to get into running, like 
become part of this community in the sense that you're interacting with people that you're trying to learn from their story and like you're going to be fed really that type of content so often and build the relationships that obviously you and I have so I'm really glad like you've transitioned your life into this running space and you've been able to really accomplish a lot but also like build a network of really great individuals and start really being like a person that is rooting for people and really just caring about others. Cause like it's a rare trait to have and it's great to meet you and ha- have someone that has that shared interest. For sure. I would say also just like for anyone that's listening, that's maybe on the fence about running or new to it, the community like at races and just like is incredible. Like if you want to cry, go watch the New York city marathon. Like if you want to, but even your small local race, like I've run some little local trail races and some half marathons in my town. And like, it just is the most welcoming. And I feel like it's moving even more towards inclusion, like in terms of pace and uh, different body types. Like I'm not a tip 230 pounds. I'm six foot three. That's not what a runner (laughs) looks like. Uh, But it's just, there's, there's so many cool welcoming people. And it's like, especially, I don't know, post pandemic, I feel like people sometimes struggle to make friends, like go join a run club, like go get plugged in that people are super welcoming. At least that's been my experience. I won't speak for everybody, but um, I've really found it to be a cool community. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd be curious, you know, going through this experience and like learning from run talk as well. What would you say like is your top tip for beginner runners who are just trying to get started and get out there? To find like not running as just a way to accomplish one thing and move on, right? Because you obviously came back, you did another marathon. It sounds like you're inspired to like figure out your next journey with running too. But like, what is your top advice to find a lifestyle with running that you, you know, are starting to adapt to? Yeah, I think um, start small small chunks. Like if you go run 10 miles, which I did this once, I just was like, I want to prove how mentally tough I am. I'm going to run 10 miles. And Mel was like, you're crazy. And I did it. And then I didn't want to run for like a really long time. Cause like my body felt terrible. So like reasonable starts, I think commit to yourself to do a certain number of runs. Like don't give up after the first, cause it can take a little bit of time to like settle in and find your rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, and be be open to recognizing what it might be doing for your mental health. Uh, I think it's really easy to focus on how it makes you feel physically. And those first few physically can be really hard if you haven't run in a while uh, or ever. But man, the reward if you stick with it mentally. I mean, it's... It, just the clarity it can give you just being out on a run on your own and working through like work situations, um, things you have going on in your life where it's just like, it's just you and you. And sometimes it helps you prove yourself you can. And that is really empowering. Sometimes it, it just gives you a moment to get away. Like even with the parenting side, like talking about showing up as your best self, well, investing in yourself and giving yourself space to to go exercise and and have this sort of release helps you show up as your best self. Uh, And so I'd say being willing to give it enough tries to get to that 
that sort of like, oh, wow, I feel really good when I'm done. And I feel like I really get to, you know, tackle some things uh, would also be really nice. And then um, don't just, again, don't be afraid to try it in a group. Like, don't be afraid to ask a friend to go for a run. Uh, don't be afraid to join a run club. I'm not in one locally just because I can never commit to anything consistently in terms of scheduling right now. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, those would be, those would be a couple of my, my recommendations for new runners and find shoes that feel good. <laughs> important. Yeah. A well-fitting shoe is important too. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I got one more question I want to ask you before we give you an opportunity to share your brand and just anything else you'd like to share before we hop. So I'm just really curious about this because obviously you went to Duke, you played some basketball there. I think that's very unique and very cool. Was Coach K the coach when you were? He was. Okay. Yeah. So I I really want to ask this question because I'm someone that, you know, I, for a background, you may or may not know this about me because I, um, you know, it's on my page, but I know we're like new getting to know each other. So like I coached middle school and high school track for a few years. And then really the reason I wanted to create Run Brighter was I didn't have the time and I wasn't going into that, you know, field full time of coaching. Right. Um, so I was, you know, I'm working a nine to five and I'm like, okay, how do I continue to give value and coach runners? Well, I can do it online. So you know, that's why I started creating content. And then I coach a handful of runners now as well. But I think like the concept of coaching is just me something I really enjoy so much. And, you know, you're probably out of anyone I've met, probably the most connected person to Coach K that (laughs) I probably have ever met, right? So I'd be curious, was there ever like a piece of advice, like as a coach that he gave to you or the team that really like made a big impact on you either as an athlete or just as like a human being that you think would be good to share? Yeah. I I mean, there's tons, right? (laughs) He's, he's the goat for, for, for good reason. Um, one that I think stood out to me that maybe I didn't fully value it in the moment, but as I've entered the professional world and, and, you know, parenting and partnership and, and all these different things, there was a practice once. So I was a walk-on. I ended up on scholarship, but w- I was on the end of the bench, right? I was going in if we were up by 30. Yeah. Uh, and there was a practice early in the preseason where at the end of practice, coach coach addresses the team like he would after every practice. And, and my job in practice was just to not mess up. Like just do the things that I know I'm supposed to do, run the plays right, compete really hard you know, full effort, a lot of energy, a lot of voice, but I'm not realistically going to consistently be able to stop all Americans. (laughs) Um, And, and he, he, this was maybe one of my proudest and sort of ultimate accomplishments as a part of that team was, as he addressed the team, he said, Sean knows what we want him to do. He knows what we want from him. He doesn't try to do more than what we ask of him and he executes his role. If everybody settles into that with this team, we could be really good. So what he was saying was basically like, we're going to have to find where we all fit. And once we find it, if you own it and just execute it and don't worry about everybody else, but just do what your thing is well, 
we'll be really good because as a unit, we'll be really gelled. And so, especially in the professional world, like understanding like what, whatever your industry is, what what do I do with this group? And I don't need to be worried about what everyone else is doing. I need to do it. I need to do really well and the rest will gel and take care of itself. And so, um, and, and you could apply that to running. Like, what do I need to do to be ready for this training block? What do I need to do to be ready for this run today? Um, and just like understanding what, what your role is in making something successful and not overthinking the other stuff or being like upset, right? At that level of sports, there, there's a lot of potential to be like, well, why is so-and-so getting 20 shots and I'm only getting 10 shots? Or why is so-and-so getting to be the, you know, the lead ball handler when I, I could be the point, you know, there's so many, there's so much room for like jealousy or envy. And so just being willing to settle into like, this is my role. And if I do this well, we will be really good. And it was so prophetic, right? That was in the preseason and we won a national championship. Uh, and so uh, there was definitely some credence to, to the message. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I really appreciate you sharing that story. And it's a very unique piece of advice. And I'm not surprised that it's unique because there's not a lot of people, you know, with the brain and skill that Coach K had as a coach. So yeah, I'm just, I'm really pumped that you got to share that. And yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, Sean, this has been an absolute blast. I've enjoyed every minute of getting to know you at a higher level, hearing your story about basketball, about running, the hardships that you've gone through with the beginning of your running, but how you've overcame a lot of that and you know how you balanced your life with a family and a full-time job and everything. It's just been a terrific podcast, I truly think. Um, so let me give you an opportunity to share your personal brand for anyone who might want to follow along to Sean's story. Um, and then just, if there's anything else you'd like to share, feel free to use this time to do so. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm on, I'm dad runs on TikTok and dad runs 26 on Instagram because dad runs was taken. <laughs> uh, and it's, I'm trying to, I'm still trying to figure out the blend of what it is when I'm not in the training block, but running, parenting, young professional, right. You know, 30 year old trying to figure it all out. Um, and it really just enjoyed engaging with people on there uh, and following along with other people. The, the last thing I'll share for the, for the runners out there or the new potentially new runners is there is no greater feeling than conquering something you thought you wouldn't get to conquer. So when I went back to New York, and it doesn't need to be as grand as the marathon in New York City. It just that happened to be the stage that, that I'd sort of set up for myself. But to go back over that bridge, I spent, I, there's a video of me, I recap after the race in tears, to run back over the Queensboro Bridge and not cramp <laughs> and, and truly get to run the last 10 miles. Like, because I didn't really feel like I got to experience the last 10 I was in tears running over the Queensboro Bridge the second time because I was so proud of myself, like purely for doing the training and conquering it and coming back and not giving up. And so if you're thinking about, you know, running it, that might be the one mile loop around your neighborhood that you feel like you conquer and it may take a couple tries, but whatever that is for yourself, the confidence that it brings to you and sort of the, the pride that it brings to you, it's I, it's very hard to find that feeling anywhere else. 
And so definitely don't give up if the first one doesn't go the way you want. I love that. Bonus question. What was a better feeling, the national championship or the 2023? Oh, man. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I'll say it this way. The (laughs) national championship, uh, I had no participation in. (laughs) So it was, I mean, I was a proud cheerer from the sideline. But I, you know, it wasn't a, something that I conquered myself. It was certainly more of a team and it'd be just being on the right team at the right time. So uh, I would say, well, but that was a journey too, you know, with a special group of people who oh, they're close. <laughs> I'll, I'll, here was the tiebreaker when my kids were born. There you that go. was the best. Those, I, those were one, one B tied one B one A was, was that's, having kids. that's a good answer. I definitely uh, can respect that. Well, Sean, thank you again. Everyone follow Sean dad runs on TikTok. Dad runs 26, right? On yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, if you need anything, man, you know, I'm here to help in any way I can as someone who came on the podcast, you know, I'm always happy to help in any favor I can in the future. So I appreciate it. I I hope we're getting to run another marathon and this time know about it. I hope maybe next time we're in New York or wherever it is that now we'll know and then maybe get a mile or two in next to each other. That would be great, man. Cool. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Sean. If anyone needs any running advice or tips, feel free to always reach out. If you need a free running plan, go to runbrighter.com. And as always, don't forget to run brighter. Thanks so much.